Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to the Man on the Post Weekend Review. My name's Chris, and joining me this episode, we've got Dave. Good evening, all right. And we've got Simon. Hello, right, guys. How's it going? Not too bad. How are you guys doing? Doing all right? Yeah. Can't yeah. Yes. Reasonably happy. Good, good. The uh, the boss has called in sick this week, so he's uh, he's not kicking me off the show just yet. Uh, so I get a, a one-week reprieve. I'm sure I'll insult somebody else this week and... Uh, That'll be back in my review books. Uh, so an action-packed uh, weekend of Premier League football, so I'm told. I'm going to be completely open and honest here. I've seen very little of it. So uh, hopefully Dave and Simon have, have actually paid more attention than I have. Uh, I'm kind of glad Ross isn't here, really. Um, so it started off with quite a bang. Uh, Brighton and Hove Albion uh, taking on Manchester United at the MX Stadium. At one point, this was the most boring game of football I ever... I, I watched the first, like, 20-odd minutes of this, and it was dull as shit. Uh, but as, as soon as I turned off, it seemed to jump to life. I like to think that you watched the first 20 minutes and thought, no, that's it for me this weekend, and then obviously missed. Like... <laughs> <laughs> pretty, pretty much. It's like, oh, football's going to be rubbish this weekend. I'm done. Yeah. I mean, where to start with this? Christ, it was um, carnage, really, wasn't it? <laughs> I saw I saw, uh, I saw Mopay's Penenka penalty, which I thought was... Uh, was pretty, you know, I remember looking out the corner of my eye while I was cleaning my office and and, and seeing him penenka the penalty in, and then I was like, okay, that's about sums this game up. Um, but Man United um, scored a, a winner after the final whistle, apparently. Yeah, yeah. So well, it's kind of um, the thing with that, though. I suppose the VAR will it can it sort of counter back counteracts against that, doesn't it? Because the offence technically did take place before the final whistle and it, and it was a handball. Yeah, I mean, you've got to think in Germany they weren't they sitting down having a half-time cup of tea once when they finally figured out it was a pen and brought them all back out for the penalty. So, <laughs> so I guess, like, anything's possible, isn't it? But, um, as you say... Surely it has to stop somewhere, though. Surely if the referee blows his whistle, that's well, the end of the game. Well, I, I understand if it was, like, seconds. But it was a blatant... Wasn't this, like, a couple of minutes? No, no, it was it was seconds. It was it was a blatant handball. Oh, okay. um, obviously, by the yeah. time... They went straight for the review because... I guess in real time it didn't look that obvious because everyone was focused on the header off the line. Um, but in reality, Mopay for some reason decided to handle it, um, which which was the quickest I've seen football calm work for a long time. Because he was, I would yeah. you probably saw this way, he was pretending to wipe his eyes from tears after scoring the penalty for some reason, and then uh, yeah, cost his team dearly in the end. Okay, so it it wasn't one of these um, ridiculous handball decisions that we've seen in the last couple of weeks. No, this was actually probably the, one of the most sensible ones of the weekend. Um, Maguire heads it and Mopé just sticks a hand out for, again, really no reason. Like, he was quite a way out with the header. Like, it wasn't like he was on the goal line. Like It was like a looping header from maybe 10 yards and uh, Mopé decided to stick a hand up. So, you, Okay, and this... 
This was just this was shortly after um, Brighton had equalised, uh, I believe. After going to, to they were two one down after an own goal and then that Rashford scoring. Uh, but so they, they scored in injury time themselves, didn't they? Yeah, something ninety five minutes. I think March eventually equalised, having had multiple opportunities to do so in the match. Like, I mean, Brighton hit the woodwork like five times. Trossard three times in his own. Like this was. Man United were getting away with wanting to get a draw, to be honest, but to win it, it's like they won the lottery. It was uh, They didn't deserve to win in the slightest. But um, And to win after the final whistle, as you say, must be massively galling for Brighton, who were were brilliant, really. Um, carried on where they left off against us last week, but against a better team. Uh, I say they, they should have won easily. So is, is this Solskjaer's way of proving he is a Man United manager by evolving Fergie time? <laughs> Yeah, this backfired on me massively because I tweeted Fergie time when Brighton equalised, and then uh, <laughs> was, was, was made to to eat those words pretty pretty swiftly. So it's. Uh, I was surprised that because um, I think there was five minutes injury time was put up, and Brighton equalised. I think in the ninety fifth minute. So I'm not really sure where the extra time came for Manu to go forward to get a corner and put it in. Like that seemed odd to me. Well, yeah, he answered your own question there, but the fact it was Man United. It was, uh, yeah. They'll always get that one extra chance, won't they? I, I, I thought what was more controversial than the that late penalty United got, for me, was the Brighton penalty in the second half that got overturned. I, I thought it was a blatant penalty. Pogba clips his, his, his back leg. And I don't see how you can say that was a clear and obvious error and, and overturned that. I was really shocked at that. I agree that it probably wasn't a clear and obvious error, but I haven't seen it in like super slow motion. I feel like Conley was looking for it in the sense that he got he, in, was. he got in front but of him, and then as soon as he was in front of him, he was just like, right, I'm looking for you, I'm going down. Is that not just clever striker play, though? You defender is clumsy enough to well the back of you. I mean, clever striker play would have put, been put in the net. Like, I don't know why he didn't just, just shoot. Yeah. Like, it was. I don't see why it was complicated and look for a pen. This, but... is, this is Aaron, Con- Aaron Connolly we're talking about. Well, yeah. that, that is true, but uh, he's a handful, to be fair to him. I know he's, he's a bit of a nuisance, but uh, you have to say, he's, considering last season was like his breakout season, he, he does look like a decent player in the making there. But, um, yeah, I, I don't know why he didn't just shoot. Like, it's kind of annoying when strikers do this, when yeah. you get in front of the defender, like, and you go looking for contact, you may as well just shoot. And, and, you know, you'll probably score from what was about seven yards. <laughs> Do you think, you know, you're saying, obviously, you look at it in super slow motion, then you can say, yeah, it looks like he's initiating the contacts. I'm not sure if when they're going to look and review things again, if he, if he should be looking at it in such super slow motion, because everything looks yeah. worse. Uh, surely you should be watching it in real time. No, I, I completely agree. I think... Uh, it's um, it's as Ross said the last week that they're looking to give as many penalties as possible, and that's obviously yeah. if you're looking at stuff in slow motion, you're going to get more. Now, obviously, the ironic thing here is that this was taken away a penalty. Yeah. Um, but for what I actually agree with the decision, like I say, but I also don't think it was a clear and obvious error, which again is kind of what the whole directive is. So it's just very muddled, isn't it? Like it's. I don't think we're really that much better off of VAR generally. As we'll, we'll come on to some of the more ridiculous handball decisions of the weekend <laughs> shortly, but. I you know, we're talking about decisions more and more now than we ever were before they had VAR, and uh, I think if you, I think if you've given the option to go back in time and take it away, other than the goal line tech, which you probably keep, the rest of it, you you wouldn't say we're any better off it, would you? No, I wouldn't. 
Well, you you should because it kept you in the league, ironically. The one time uh, it's ever failed. <laughs> I understand that Marcus uh, Rashford uh, scored a stunning uh, goal to put Man United in the lead. Uh, sitting down, Leeds defender uh, White twice. Ben White twice. Uh, oh, sorry, no, Brighton defender. Sorry, sorry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's, he's not actually quite I mean, a Leeds player. I mean, first it was, it, it was a good ball from Fernandez, um, like outside the right foot, um, and uh, Rashford got in and just kept chopping it back onto his uh, <laughs> onto his wrong foot <laughs> over and over again, sitting down various defenders, then scored via reflection. Uh, West Ham have just gone turn up, by the way. Oh, my stream's a little bit be- a little oh, bit behind. Oh well, well, act surprised in about twenty seconds time. <laughs> no problem. Um, so yeah, Brighton can feel harsh, harshly done by then. Is the the gist I'm getting from this game? Uh, absolutely, yes. Yeah, I think as we said last week, they they look a really good team actually. Before the, at the start of the season, I kind of I thought have they really done much in the transfer market? But I I think they I think they'll be pretty comfortable. I thought they yeah they they were well worth of at least a point, if not all three yesterday. So I think they were, yeah, harshly done by not to come away with anything in that. What I like about them is they, they just have a, they have a project and they, they buy players to fit that project. Um, and as you say, they haven't you know spent loads in the market in order. To, they've just kind of built on what they already had and the players who, you know, the likes of Connolly um, look better now than they did last season. And I guess that's just the way they're, they're looking to work it, really. Uh, what we're saying about Manchester United, so as I say, I watched the first 20-odd minutes of this and at no point did Manchester United look like they were even interested in this game is probably the best way to put it. And then obviously they go behind to a penalty and the fear seems to have gone, doesn't it? Because when was the last time you saw a, a, a player penenka a penalty against Man United? <laughs> well, yeah, uh, this is they never really had a spell where they were in control of this match, which is odd for Man United against Brighton. Um but obviously, I mean, you know, they scored three goals, so it's hard to say. Well, they weren't a threat. It's uh, did, it's a strange one. How did that boy Lamptey get on? Oh, uh, he won the penalty. I'm assuming he won the penalty. He won the penalty, and, he yeah, won, he he yeah, yeah. He won the penalty and uh, he was a lot quieter than he was last week. But he was against you know better better opponents than last week, to say the least. So <laughs> he's obviously got a lot about him. Um, there's a lot to like. Um, Man United, I say again, they've they've not had the greatest of weeks, have they? But um, it, it is clear that there's work to work to be done there. Especially, you know, imagine if even a couple of seasons. I won't say a season ago because I don't think they've been that good for a while. But imagine like sitting here like a couple of seasons ago, going Man United have just robbed Brighton. <laughs> yeah. uh, that's it. I mean, the thing is as well, insane. Is that Brighton play the better football? It's not like one of those kind of top eight bottom games where the bottom half team have kind of hung in and scored from a few set pieces like Brighton popped it round like I imagine Man United want to be popping it round in their fans mind like that's that's how they want to play um, but mm. it was just they were out footballed and it's 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 strange to see that from a, from a Man United team uh, I reckon Man United fans might have to get used to it to be fair because uh, I like the wheel really isn't it's not going well is it uh, it's it's the defensive issues again. Though I think you know you're saying the, the fear factor it has gone because you just know that even if you're the sort of mid-table team, you know that you can get at that back four quite easily, and there doesn't seem to be too much protection in front of them either from the midfield. So yeah, a lot of lot of work to be done at that club. 
it's, it's it's not like they've got an eighty five million pound defender in there or, or, or anything <laughs> like that, is there? Absolutely mad. Uh, talking of things going well though, Everton continued their hundred percent start to the season. With uh, man on the post favourite Dominic Calvert Lewin scoring again. Um, he's just trying to prove us wrong, isn't he, Dave? Well, you've always had it in for him. I've, I, I quite like him. Uh, no, I've not had it in for him. <laughs> not at all. Like we said, he has his uses. Like you know, every club needs a kit boy or something like that. <laughs> uh, but ever, ever since we started digging him out a bit for just like what does Dominic Calvin Lewin do? He's answered the question by scoring goals. Yeah, to be honest, I, I thought it was Purple Patch had been and gone after he, you know, came back after the restart and was. I don't think he scored, did he? In whatever it was, twelve games, ten games. Yeah, he didn't um, score for a while. But this season, he's more than made up for that because he scored every week. I think now, so mm-hmm. um, Pretty much. yeah. I thought this might have been one of those where we, where Palace, you know, grind out a one nil, and we all say how great Roy Hodgson is. But I think it kind of shows how far Everton have come on that that hasn't happened. Um, and they won the game with, all right. They got another of these rubbish penalties, which it's a handball. It's it's never a handball in a million years. But it's it good. is the rule, though. Well, that's the thing. It's not VAR they, that's they, wrong. They it's, all know it, the rule. Yeah, it's not it's not VAR that's wrong, is it? It's just the rule that's been written is just insane. So it is what it is. Yeah, so it allowed um, Richardson to get the goal that he's been so desperate for because I. Like every time the ball's anywhere near a set piece, he looks like the, the most desperate man in the world. He's like he rivals Mo Salah. <laughs> with the, I want to do everything, uh, kind kind of role. But yeah, you know he, he scored the penalty. Um, I don't think any warning lights will be going off at Palace though, especially after like, last weekend's result. But yeah, Everton. I think they've won, won the first time they've won all five games at the start of a season. Oh, including the two cup games. Yes, it probably. It, I'm sure someone was banding that stat around earlier, but um. There's not a lot. There's not a lot of weaknesses there, is there? Like, assuming you know everyone's fit and healthy, that they've got a. It's a pretty strong team now, isn't it? Goalkeeper. Well, yes, but in theory, yeah, in theory, he should he should be better than he is. But um, he's going through a bit of a patch at the minute. But um, he had the well, an eighteen-month patch. <laughs> uh, yeah, I say Everton fans getting on his back. He made some mistakes in midweek in the cup, didn't he? Um, yeah. <laughs> It's it's not that he makes errors in the same way that some goalkeepers does. It's that he's just fucking stupid. Well, that's it. Like, isn't it? He's, uh... He thinks he's Perlow or something, doesn't he? Sometimes the way he gets on the ball and tries to turn defenders. I, I think I just don't think he's got a footballing brain. You know, he's he's got all the ability. He's he's clearly a very good goalkeeper in itself. But he, he, I think he's grown up being the best kid on the playground, and he's obviously played a bit of outfield. He's been the best kid on the playground and just, you know, he has that arrogance and he wants to show off uh, and stuff like that. But he forgets that he's on a Premier League pitch. He, um... I, I can't remember who it was. I, I listened to, I think it was someone on the radio um, in the midweek after the game. And they were saying that when, when he was at, um, that year that he was at Sunderland, one of his big strengths is when he got the ball, is he distributed it quickly high up the pitch and was quite accurate doing that. He's Whereas got a great everything... long ball on him. Whereas Everton seems to want him to to try and play it out short from the back, and that is just clearly something that he's he's just not capable of doing. I think in terms of like a quick long kick like uh, Edison uh, can do at Man City, I think Pickford has got that in him, but mm-hmm. trying to play it out short is that's nah, just not his game at all. Yeah, but I say it doesn't it doesn't help that he he like he lets opponents come on to him because he wants to try and embarrass them. 
the amount of times you've seen him do that little drag back to try and, you know, put put a striker on their arse and stuff. You know, and I know he wants to get in a striker's head and stuff like that, but he, he fails time and time again. You know, and, and, and that's got to be the frustrating thing. It's like I thought Pickford might do all right without fans around him, because sometimes I think that fans um, got in his head a bit. I think... I think it was against you lot, Dave, Newcastle, when he yeah. was when he, he had he had a terrible game and he was giving it giving shit to the fans. Oh well, we absolutely we absolutely got in his head that day because he um I mean he should have been sent off first and foremost, but um got away with it, uh, saved the resulting pen, which is what always happens when that sort of thing should should take place, and then just the fans got on his back for half an hour and it just he went insane. It was uh, funny really, but um. Yeah, that's, to be honest, he hasn't really been the same since that day. Maybe onto something there. Kind of. Uh, st- oh, oh, yeah, I, I genuinely thought that without fans, he'd, he'd probably be a bit better because he could just concentrate on his own game. Because I say he's got the attributes of a of a decent top level modern goalkeeper. He just needs to to cut out the shit basically. But I don't know who Everton's reserve goalkeeper is. I'm sure they had some Brazilian guy last season. Well, um, they did have Stekelenburg and. Uh, was it Lossell from Huddersfield? I think I think Lossell. Oh yeah, they signed Lossell as well, didn't they? But I don't, I don't know if he's gone back to Huddersfield or some other hole now. But um, yeah, I'm. Uh... Yeah, absolutely insane. But yeah, another dodgy handball decision. Uh, uh, I think there were a couple this weekend, although I'm not too sure. Uh, the 5.30 game on Saturday, though, was quite an interesting game. Now, I had half an eye on this game. Uh, West Bromwich Albion taking on Frank Lampard FC. Um, West Brom going 3 up with you in 27 minutes. Yeah. I mean... <laughs> it's <bizarre. laughs> I mean, it's, it seems obvious saying the same thing week in, week out about Chelsea and specifically Lampard's and the way he sets up that team, there's just, there's no force to trying to even set up to defend at all, is there? I mean, three, yeah, you can't be going 3-0 down to West Brom in 27 minutes. That That's embarrassing, that is. The amount of money that's been spent on that squad, that's just ridiculous. I would also like to rescind my uh, Thiago Silva's coming to shore up that back line. Um, quote from the last week or so because watching him fall over as championship striker Callum Robinson bears down on goal uh, was you know probably not what he had in his mind when he was playing in the, in the Champions League semi-finals not that long ago it was um, it's very Steven Gerrard he wasn't at all he miscontrolled that it's no. absolutely ridiculous did you hear his comments about why he had never played in the Premier League before no no so he came out in an interview the other day, and he was, and someone was like, "Oh, why is it, you know you're, you're 35 now? Why is it taking you so long to, uh, to to come and play in the Premier League? You know, it's obviously the best league in the world." And he was like, "Well, you know, whenever I watch the Premier League, I've had, always had an eye on it. I, I don't like the way they just play long ball all the time. I don't know why he's been watching Burnley so much." Um, <laughs> But, but apparently it was like, uh, but now I see it that, you know, teams like to play the ball on the ground and, um, you know, and that's my type of game. It clearly fucking isn't, Mr. Silva, uh, just by your performance on Saturday evening. Um, but yeah, absolutely. I, I was watching, like I was doing other things and stuff and I just saw on Twitter, like people got like, losing their shit at this game. Um, Ex-Arsenal illuminate Carl Bartley uh, scoring the third goal as well. Yeah. That goal, do you mean the second goal where Silver makes that slip? You know, it's bad, but it can happen. I'd be more worried about the third goal because the 
the lack of marking. Mm. I mean, there was when when Bartley put it in, it was him. I can't remember who else, but there was two West Brom players in the six-yard box, completely unmarked. Like it's just it's ridiculous. You, you can't be doing this. No, week after I said it week was not address it. It was pub-style defending, wasn't it? It was uh, so poor. But as you say, like the problem with Chelsea has been the defence for well for as long as Lampard's been there, if not longer. And the solution was to say, well, what I'm going to do is I'm going to put Tammy Abraham in the mix as well and play three up front. I was like, well, you're kind of missing the point here, Frank. Like, He's just pressing the demand more button, Dave. <laughs> pressing the demand more button on Football Manager. Yeah, I mean, obviously you like Giroud from his time at Arsenal, but he finished last season ahead of Abraham in the pecking order. And yeah. uh, throughout the game yesterday, I was thinking, well, you've got all these sort of, you know, Havertz, Havertz and you've got Werner and you've got, you know, whoever else in midfield. Surely one Giroud in there as a point to hold it up and bring these these other lads into it. And mm-hmm. Abraham's many things, but he's not that much of an effective target man. Um, I just he, think he was he, he was the Premier League's leading scorer early for most of early last season. Though I think he was what one of the first players up to twenty like fifteen goals or something like that. Yeah, but that's the thing. He so got he, he got yeah, them, he's a goal scorer. He got them all quite early on though, and then as I say, by the time the restart happened, he was behind Giroud in the pecking order. Giroud came in, did pretty well, and then pre-season seems to have happened. Now it's back to Abraham for no real reason, as far as I know. I don't think Giroud's been unfit. I, I would just feel a bit hard done by if I was him that he gets ten minutes when. Seem to have the shirt as far as I was concerned. Yeah, no, no, I, yeah, it, I, I, I don't know. You know, there was a lot of talk that Giroud was going to be, you know, out of there. I don't pre-season, but he's, he's stuck around. It's weird because, like, watching little bits of football and seeing some of the headlines this week, and I think I was listening to another podcast, and I was going to talk this week. I thought, oh, you know, like number nines and stuff like that. Number nines in 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 the Premier League especially, they seem to be transforming. So you've got like, you like, of, you know, Joe Linton at, at Newcastle. He's a number nine. Now I quite like him. I like the way he holds the ball. It brings others into play. Doesn't necessarily score goals. And that's the sort of thing that Lacazette's doing at Arsenal. Like Lacazette's getting a lot of shit at Arsenal at the moment because his goals have kind of dried up. But he plays practically all the time and he brings other people into play and Eddie Eddie and Ketty is probably getting a bit of flack at the moment but people are saying oh he's, he's like a your typical number nine sort of player but I've noticed this weekend that Dominic Calvert-Lewin Patrick Bamford all number nine scoring goals so that kind of blew that shit out of the water <laughs> um, I think Tammy Abraham's the same sort of player um, I suppose it's no surprise in this game that Chelsea, well, West Brom were 3-0 up after 27 minutes but then Chelsea came back to draw 3-3 thanks to Abraham scoring a, uh, an injury time equaliser considering this is a West Brom team that have conceded like 11 goals goals in their opening three games which I believe is a Premier League record um, but what is surprising considering you know that Chelsea have spent all this money and Kai Havertz scored a, a fucking hat-trick in the in the week against Lincoln or somebody shit like that I don't, was it Lincoln I don't know it was Barnsley oh but, okay same, but, same well. shit it? <laughs> uh, is that all three goals were scored by academy players for Chelsea alone is, is, is strange enough uh, but Mountain Hudson Adoy getting the other goals as well yeah, Hudson Adoy had a, a point to prove when he came on. He's kind of been forgotten about, hasn't he? But um, I thought he was he was pretty decent when he when he came on. So good for him, I guess. But uh, it's, obviously, he's gone from starting for England to barely getting any minutes whatsoever. So we know he's got the he talent. Hasn't, he, hasn't, he hasn't been that good though, has he? Really? He had that that little purple patch where he used to come on for ten minutes in a game and you know do all right. And then I don't really recall him doing much apart from being linked with. Bayern Munich all the time and now strangely he's been linked with a move to Arsenal uh, he suddenly picks his game up a bit <laughs> he, he was injured for, for pretty much all of last season though wasn't he didn't he do his cruise shirts at the start of the year or something 
I thought he did his cruise at like the, the end of the season before that, but I might be wrong. Uh, I, I mean, it, it, with those sorts of injuries, you're right. Like they do, they take a while to, you know, get yeah. players back to where they need to be. So we'll give him the benefit of the doubt on that. But he's obviously an asset if they can keep him fit. Mm. I, th- I thought it was a great goal from Mason Mounts as well. Like lovely, completely did the keeper, didn't they? Yeah, really good hit. I like Mount. I know he kind of splits opinion a bit because he doesn't have a position. He just plays somewhere, but. Um, I think he's. Uh, I think he, he makes them a better team when he plays. Yeah, I was. I was watching that game with my mates. He's a Chelsea fan yesterday, and as soon as Mount pulled that one back, I, I, I turned to him and I said, "You'll get at least a point out of this because you just knew that West Brom were going to crumble." Well, we were only saying last week that we know they can't defend, and uh, yeah. as you say, as soon as the pressure came on them, it was. Uh, it was always going to happen. I think. Have we lost Chris from the call here? Uh, possibly, yeah. We'll just we'll just pad for time. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, what do you think of the? Because um, I saw on Twitter after the game, the a number of West Brom fans going absolutely mental about the equalising goal being uh, being allowed. But as far as I understood, the way the new handball rules are, they don't see what the problem is. The Cal Robson County should have cleared it. Yeah, no, I was watching this without sound, so I was kind of trying to decipher what they were figuring out, but is this the, the handball like, quite early on in the move? Yes, yeah, yeah. the, the ball was put in, it, it hit Havertz on the arm, didn't it? And then oh, Hal, yeah. Yeah. he cocks up his clearance, the shot goes in, it's saved, and then it's in, so there's been a number of things that's happened between it, and so having the new rules now that say it's got to be handball and an immediate goal so a striker puts it in straight away yes oh, I still remember this now yeah yeah I, I, I think you're right in that it's unless it directly leads to a goal or you know like the pass before a goal then I think it's you kind of go you kind of ref the game back and back and back like you've got to give it a chance yeah. I think apologies that gentleman I have no idea what happened then uh, my headset just seemed to lose connection uh, but I'm sure you seamlessly carried on not even noticing that it was gone so me bringing light to it now uh, <laughs> ruining all the magic um, are, are, you, are, we, are you done with West Brom Chelsea? we are I thank yeah. God for that uh, <laughs> on to Saturday night football gentlemen now when you hear those words it drums up all the excitement in the world I remember looking and seeing Saturday night football great what clash of the titans is this going to be Burnley versus Southampton, really. Mm. If there wasn't a curfew in place, would anyone have stayed at home to watch this? Although Danny Ings did open the score, and I saw this because I watched the first five minutes. (laughs) I saw Danny Ings score and thought, you know what, that's probably this game done now. And it was, strangely enough. Yeah, I mean, you're right, actually. There wasn't an awful lot else happened. Um, I wish I'd signed it off after that. (laughs) There was um, kind of a bit of controversy in the second half when when Wood thought he'd equalised, but I mean, he was flagged offside a long time earlier in the move, but they're saying, obviously, that they shouldn't have flagged him in, until the, the move was over with. But, um, I mean, the right decision was, was found in the end, so it's not really that contra- controversial, to be quite honest with you. But that was as good as it got. Uh, Danny Ings, is, uh, I think the obviously stats pop up from all over the place at the moment, but isn't it since the start of last season, no one scored more goals than him or something daft like that? I mean, that's probably right, I guess. I mean, maybe Vardy will be close to him after today's exploits, but um, yeah, he, he, as we've always said, he just he needs, doesn't miss, does he? He just needs one chance and he generally scores. It was quite a strange finish, wasn't it? It was one of those that 
you can tell that he's a player in form because those goals, with your, you know, banging form, a shot like that, or the way it hits him, that's when it goes in all the time, doesn't it? Yeah. It's, it's instinctive as well, though. He's, he's very instinctive as a finisher. Like, he, he just he just hits it. I think fair play to Chi Adams for uh, picking him out. It couldn't have been any more on a plate from but uh Yeah. Yeah, I think the defender get a toad with something and that's why Ing sort of scooped it in the end, but it yeah. was a bit funny, wasn't it? But um yeah, it's uh Southampton needed that because they'd had a kind of got zero points from uh from playing reasonably well in their first two games, except obviously defensively against Tottenham there was it was a shambles, but um yeah, to go to somewhere like Burnley and win one nil, I think that'll give them quite a bit of quite pleasing I think to keep Burnley out at home because you know what you're going to get just lots and lots of balls in the box and if your defenders can stand up to that then it's, it's a pretty good result I did I did see that like, I think what made me think I'm, I probably won't need to watch this is when I saw that Matt Edge Vidra was starting up front uh, for Burnley and I'm thinking hang on wasn't he like really good at Derby about 20 years ago <laughs> I'm sure he I'm sure like every time I open Twitter he's been linked with a move back to Derby like it's it's uh, it's a fairly uh, endless, uh, endless stream of uh, of nothing for him. Like, but Burnley also uh, made the most Burnley sign in the world this 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 week. Dale, Dale, Stevens. Dale Stevens. <laughs> I was actually ex ex Bayern Munich. Dale Stevens. I like to remind people. Is he? Um, I don't know. Wait. Yeah, he played for, when he he started at. I'm positive it's the same Dale Stevens. He started at Tranmere. Um, that, that and when he was at Tranmere, he is, was signed for Bayern Munich. Isn't that Dale Jennings? Is it yeah, Dale Gen- Stevens? Oh, it is Dale Jennings. It's, ignore me. It is. It's Dale Jennings, right. not Dale Stevens. Dale Stevens started Bury, which is many ways the Bayern Munich of the Northwest. So, I mean, you're kind of there. But... Yeah. Oh, he, was, he, he had a loan at Rochdale. That's why. Oh, yeah. Getting my Dales mixed up. But, yeah, he, he's definitely the most Burnley sign in the world because he's, he's that sort of Sean Dyche's player, isn't he? Like, just likes to kick people in the middle of the bar. When this happened, I actually made a point of... I was going to say those exact words on this podcast that he is... The most Burnley signing you could imagine. It's like, do you play in midfield? Yes. Can you play a forward pass? No. Do you like to kick? <laughs> do, you, do you like to kick people? Yes, I do. Welcome to Burnley. Like, yeah. he I'm will. Expect joined by Basuma at some point in the. Well, he, he's he, well, he's Basuma's probably a bit too foreign for Burnley. They like their. They like their English lads. They're, they're, they're like a 70s football division one football team aren't they uh, like, the Burnley are basically the leads of the 70s transformed it's absolutely rancid to watch like I say this every season on this podcast but if they got relegated no one would miss them like it's not like you'd be looking out in the championship for Burnley's results to make sure they come back like I don't mind Sean Dyche I think he's quite a, a decent manager but I hate the, fo- the football Burnley play I hate you don't really appreciately watch them in a stadium and you, you watch them like time waste with every fucking throw, <coughs> throw in and corner um, it, 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 it is Sunday league football, isn't it? Basically, uh, I could do. How, how do you think they'll they'll actually get on this season? Because every year, I kind of at the start of every season, I, I think they've not signed anyone. Surely they're going to struggle, and I think it's, well, it's probably testament to how good a manager I think Dutch is that he gets them so comfortable. But two defeats in their first two games, I don't know. Is is this the year that maybe they they start to drop a bit? It's hard to tell with them, isn't it? I'm, I'm convinced that Sean Dyche sold his soul. Yeah, that's what I mean. I write them up at the start of every season thinking, well, this is the year they're going to go. And 
they always seem to be quite comfortable in mid-table. Well, they've got so many injuries yeah. at the minute. It's a bit like, obviously, their big strength is... Well, they just, they, they do every season. Well, Wasn't it last season they used four goalkeepers in three games or something well, like that? Well, maybe, but they're missing both centre-halves, which is a massive part of everything they do with pretty much both ends of the field. Um, mm. And it's like, what, Kevin Long and Jimmy Dunn at the minute, who, you know, even their names sound like Sunday League footballers. So, What <laughs> happened to Ben Gibson? Like, they signed in for big money, oh, they, he never they, seemed they, to do anything. They've lo- loaned him to Norwich, obviously. Like, the, the pay oh, for, got, uh, yeah, it's gone out, because I know he wanted to go back to Middlesbrough, well, and they, they seemed very keen for that not to happen. They paid him, like, £40 million for him, and never played him. It's like, no, we'll, we, we'll do without him. I think it was because they were, were going to get in the Europa League, and they thought, oh, we need need a squad for this. And then managed yeah. to, managed he, got in, he got injured in his first game. Yeah, and then managed to lose in the playoff. So it was just a waste of time, really. But it's it's mad. I, yeah, so I, I get exactly where Simon's coming from with Burnley, though. Like, I I remember that one season when they had that really good run of games where they were unbeaten. But apart from that, I don't remember them going on any kind of good run. Yet they somehow start shit, finish shit, and stay <laughs> off. Yeah, it's, it is mad. But... What happens in the It's like the Bermuda Triangle of football results. What the fuck happens to Burnley in the middle of the season? I think they just beat the teams around them, don't they? That's basically much it. Like they don't, yeah. they don't trouble any of the top sides because well, they're not, they're not even like in the bottom three going into the last couple of weeks and have an epic relegation battle. It's just literally 16th place mediocrity. No, I mean the closest they came is when that, that they made the mistake of signing Joe Hart and thought this would be fine, and then obviously it wasn't fine, and then Nick Pope was. <laughs> very good for them and that was pretty much what got them out of jail but um, I, I've said before like I don't think all's really that well at Burnley with the manager and the chairman because yeah, they had, obviously, always, obviously they're, yeah. Not, they're not signing many players and didn't have a bit that of a fallout of the, towards the end of last that, season that, that discord seems to have been growing a bit more as well in the last few months doesn't it yeah. yeah, well, maybe. But would Dice walk away? Yeah, a lot of managers probably would but he does seem to hang around well, maybe the sign of Dale Stevens is what he's been waiting for. <laughs> maybe he thought he was getting Dale Jennings. Um, <laughs> that's where, that's where the, the, the mix-ups come from. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like, they do seem to, to to sniff around. You know, they've got um, they've got that. Oh, what's his name? The young lad, the ex-Man United lad, the Irish fella. Robbie Brady. No, no, what? the one is pretty good. Who? Sorry. Dwight McNeil. Dwight McNeil, yeah, they've got him. Like, apparently, he's been linked with uh, several other clubs uh, at points. But like, you know, imagine yeah. if they lost him. Yeah, they lost Jeff Hendricks. That was that's probably enough. They can have him back if they want him. <laughs> you changed your tune. Um, talking, talking of miserable northern clubs, Sunday's football opened up with Sheffield United versus Leeds. Um, fucking Patrick Bamford scored again. Oh, no. I'm not saying anything else about strikers. On any podcast ever, mm. because fucking hell! But where's this? Where's this Patrick Bamford been? Definitely not even in the championship. Simon, do you want to explain the um, the words you've had with with Adam? Um, yeah, regarding this. Um, dance feel a bit stupid now. So <laughs> last night, yeah, I'm the group. Um, yeah, there's a bit of chat, and I'd had a few drinks, and I'm still convinced that I'm, I will be right. But yeah, me and Adam, the fifty pound bet. I I believe Ollie Watkins. Will score more Premier League goals than Patrick Bamford. I'll be honest, I didn't think that he'd have three and three at the start of the season. To be fair, two weeks ago, you, I'd have been like, just tell Adam you want your money. <laughs> Fucking hell. Oh, I don't know what's happened there. It's actually, say, where, where is this Patrick Bamford? Because that's not the one that I saw in the Championship for the last few years. I, 
fair play. Like, credit where credit's due. You know, he's he's sticking them away at the moment. He's always had that something about him, though, hasn't he, Bamford? Like, he was really highly regarded at Chelsea. And then he went... To, did he go straight to, from Chelsea to Middlesbrough? Uh, I think so. Because yeah. he had a cracking season at Middlesbrough. Well, I think it was when they got promoted. He had it a, was, and then, and then he had an awful year in the Premiership with them. I mean, he yeah, did, yeah. I worked shit, but... He had a really good loan spell at Milton Keynes Dons. And then he had a... Yeah, he had a go at Derby on loan, like so many others have, have tried and failed. <laughs> they went to Middlesbrough for a couple of years. Palace. Man's a, multi, man's a multi-millionaire, he doesn't need football though, does he? He's yeah. like heir to, the, heir to the JCB fortune, isn't he? Well, that's what you want in life, isn't it? I was surprised that there was only one goal in this game, considering Leeds' first two games of the season. That, that did surprise me. I hear a lot of that is down to the two goalkeepers, though, because I've heard that uh, Ramsdale had an amazing game. He made some decent saves, but the two best saves came from the Leeds goalie. Um, is it Mesley? Mesley or something. Mesley or something, but he uh, he made one good save from uh, from Lundstrom and an even better one from, from Baldock. It was, uh, I think I saw the one from Baldock. It, uh, just it, was, it, was a, it was a goalkeeping clinic, so fair play to him. It's not what you'd expect to be hearing in a Sheffield United versus Leeds. Or you probably never expect to be hearing well, the words Premier League in that statement. Anyway. Do we think <laughs> do we think Sheffield United are in bother yet? Oh that's three losses in I, a row. They've lost or come. I think they as I said last week, I, I don't necessarily think they'll go down because I think there are, you know, a few more worse teams than them. But I, I do think they're gonna really struggle this season. I think teams will have worked, have worked out sort yeah. of against them and they don't look like they've got many goals in that team. Yeah, they've definitely they've definitely been found out, haven't they? Like I, I find it really strange that they let Callum Robinson go because they yeah, signed but, in January for a lot of I'm sure it was in January, it might it might be in the beginning of the season, but they spent a lot of money on him. And you know, and they also spent a lot of money on McBurney, who doesn't look too bad and yet they start fucking was it McGuinness and that that old bastard, Billy Sharp. Well, no, they they, they yeah. started Ollie Burke today, who they traded for Robinson from West Brom. Um, he's not a, he's not a striker though, is he? Well, this is the odd thing with him. Like he's been about ten different clubs now since being a you know a hot property. He went to Leipzig I think a bit, didn't he? And you know everyone thought he was going to be great as a winger, and then somewhere along the way they start playing him up front. Um, but he was wasn't really in the game today. Um, and as you say, McGoldrick played, and McBurney came on, and Sharp came on, and. There's not really a Premier League striker among them. I think um, Mousset did all right last season for a bit. I don't know where he is, he must be injured. Yeah, yeah, Mousset, yeah. And, uh, I, I thought only did quite well for him last season. Yeah. Like, he seemed to get a decent amount of goals. I, I was really shocked when uh, when we played them on Monday night that he was on the bench and they started McGoldrick and Burks. I, did, did McGoldrick even score for him last year? I yeah, I think he, he scored against Arsenal for fuck's sake. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I think he I think he scored like two goals in a week and that was him done. <laughs> yeah, so I, yeah, I think um I mean like obviously I I I haven't seen the game today but you know, I watched them against us on Monday, which you know, the red cards obviously changed the way that, that game went. But they they didn't look like they they, they still look pretty well organised and well drawn at the back. But I just I I worry where their goals are going to come from as the season goes on. But especially as we say that they seem to have been found out with the overlapping centre backs. That doesn't seem to be as much of a weapon as it was last year. 
I do remember looking up from my work computer at one point to see David McGoldrick fall over his own feet while through on goal. I thought, yeah, that's the player I remember. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, Pat Bamford uh, nodded in Jack Harrison's uh, cross towards the end, didn't he? Like, I saw it like quickly like, come off the old bouffant. Um, can he Can he keep it going? Well, as, as I said in the, uh, the group chat last night, I I still think that he'll he'll be like Pookie last season. He'll get he'll get a few goals at the start of the season, and then he'll go months with, without getting anything. That's that's what I'm saying anyway. So, yeah, I I I think this might be Sheffield United's season to get their come up. And is probably a harsh word. <laughs> but, you know, they're not they're not good to watch. Like I, I I still remember when we sat here chatting about them when they come up and hearing that you know they played some of the best football in the championship the season they came up and then they came into the Premier League and they did all right. They played they played some decent football. Not but I suppose it just isn't the sort of football you expect to see coming out of deepest darkest Yorkshire. But I'm yet to see anything that's like super you know amazing and stuff. And yeah, they had a, a, an absolutely fantastic season, but. Chris Wilder just doesn't look like he's got any answers at the moment, you know, and, and this is when you find out how good you're, you are as a manager, not when you're riding the wave of momentum into into promotion and whatever, you know, when things get tough, that's when you see how good a manager is, surely. Yeah, he well. needs to put the whining out. He doesn't half love a moan. Oh, he's, yeah. a, he's a bad loser, like, isn't he? But... Oh, the, the, after our game Monday is a nine minute uh, sob story basically interview we did it was fucking embarrassing to watch oh well you better get used to it yeah. um <laughs> on to sunday comedy hour um now i didn't see this game but i saw the headlines and i did have a chortle um Tottenham hotspur taking on newcastle united at the armitage shanks arena um lucas moore giving Tottenham the lead uh but the funniest thing is another last minute penalty awarded by var yeah, I mean, let's be honest. Like, first things first. Things first. We didn't deserve a single thing from this game. We hadn't had a shot on target until we got this 95th minute. Don't point. be so defeated, Dave. <laughs> Play till the end. Get your rewards. Yeah, well. Oh, I'm have to mute my mic because I'm just I'm reading about this game now. It sounds amazing. So, uh, well, Spurs barred us. Spurs hit the post, hit the bar. They hit Carl Darlow about ten times. Uh, and then basically throw on Andy Carroll for 10 minutes and just start lumping the ball in the box and appealing for penalties and eventually we got one um, they spent a ridiculous amount of time trying to get Carroll to be offside so they didn't have to give this ridiculous penalty but uh, there was no dice there so penalty it was and score the pen um, <sighs> it's, uh, this new, this handball though like, it's fucking brilliant isn't it? well it's brilliant when it's going for you but I can imagine <laughs> I don't see how you can possibly give a penalty for handball when the ball. Don't even look in the right direction according the to the picture. How? I mean, it's that is just ridiculous. My, I was I was out earlier today and I, I got a text from my brother who's watching the game saying I've, I've never wanted Tottenham to score goals so much because that decision's a joke. And I thought I've got to see this. And when I saw it, I thought, fucking hell. I'm, I'm, just look, I'm just looking at a still image of it now. Um, and <laughs> the rule states, if your arm is in an unnatural position, it doesn't state which way you're facing, his arm's clearly in an unnatural position. That's a little bit tough, isn't it? It's, there's a lot of Eric Dyer to hit, though. 
Well, this, <laughs> this is the problem. Like I said earlier, like VAR isn't the issue here. It's just applying what is a ridiculous law. And, yeah. you know, you can't jump with your hands by your side, which is what they're essentially saying has to happen now if the ball's going to come off Andy Carroll's head, which, let's be fair, could come off at any angle whatsoever. You can't prepare for that. So it's... Um, it's ridiculous, but as, as the beneficiaries of it, I'm all for it. But. I'm glad that Carroll played for that. He saw that big dangling fucking arm and thought, here we go, son. Here we go. And just nodded at us. Yeah, no, it, it, it does look ridiculous. But what? the rules are rules. What's, yeah. what, it, happens to, it happens tomorrow night's game. Don't look at my Twitter feed because I imagine things might be a little bit different. Um, but yeah, you know. I just saw I just saw that you got a ninety seventh minute penalty and I think I nearly fell off my chair. <laughs> Are you watching West Ham still, by the way? I am and I can't believe what, 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 what am I watching here? fucking Brazil. David Moyes gets COVID and the team turns into like classic Brazil, it's bizarre. <laughs> it's amazing what can happen when you, you don't have a, a Dow Scotsman on the side. I've wolves touched the ball in the last five minutes because like I've never seen so many passes. I want them to score. So, you know, you get that record where they show you the move. <laughs> there were 96 passes in this movement. Every Sunday night, the game, the game is the best game of the, of the week. Yeah. I saw last weekend. We should just start, um, we should just start covering it live. Like. Yeah. <laughs> just, uh, going back then to the, uh, the Tottenham Newcastle. So I, haven't, I didn't see the game. I've seen the incidents and read about it. I know, yeah, if you're a Tottenham fan, Obviously, you're going to be very pissed off with the way you know that decision, uh, the penalty given. But surely you'd be thinking, well, the game should have been well and truly wrapped up before then. So you know, I said I wanted West Ham to score so I could see how many good passes. <laughs> I did wonder how far how far behind you were when you said that. Yeah, yeah. Sebastian Hallis just scored. Yeah, <laughs> you uh, didn't even celebrate. Well, <sighs> crazy. <laughs> Fucking hell! That's, we'll come on to that in a minute. Um, yes. Yeah. Ah, Sp- Sp- great point for Newcastle. <laughs> to answer your question, Simon, yes. I mean, you've got to ask the question of how they didn't manage to score another goal because they had multiple chances to do so. And they lost Son to a hamstring injury, which, from this evidence, is going to be quite de- detrimental to them. So Was was Bale playing all that? Was, that was exactly my question. Did no, Bale, make an- B- Bale was sat in the stands because he's injured until after the international break, apparently. Did he use a seat, or did they bring his rope and tire back out for him? <laughs> he was this is Gareth Bale. I'm talking about just in case anyone gets the wrong idea. <laughs> he, he was sat in the stands. Golf clubs. Ah, uh, he was just doing a quick pitch and put. Not no. sat up. Was he sat up right? <laughs> not, not stretched out like he was at Ram. <laughs> he's, he's not fit to play at the moment, but. Uh... What, what's the betting that he'll be playing for Wales during that international run? No, it's going to be every chance. Uh, on to the biggest shock of the weekend then, so I'm, so I'm uh, told. Uh, Manchester City taking on Leicester City at the Etihad Stadium. Um, I've got to admit, I was quite surprised by this, but going into the game, Sky were making quite a big deal about Leicester and Brendan Rodgers. Uh, I don't think even they expected Leicester to come by 5-2 winners. Well, anyone, anyone who predicted this would finish 5-2 to Leicester is uh, insane, I, I would it. have thought. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the fact that Man City opened the scoring after four minutes, you know, I, I'm not, I, I don't even know what happened. So there was a couple of penalties from what I see, Jamie Vardy getting a hat-trick, um, but three penalties for Leicester in total. On all three were penalties as well. Yeah, these weren't even like bullshit handball penalties. This was just Man City defenders being clumsy 
and stupid. I saw the one where, I saw the one where Peter Check pushed someone on the floor. Uh, oh no, sorry, not Peter Check. Yeah. Eric. Garcia. Well, honestly, it may as well it may as well have been Peter Check. I mean, he he must have serious head injuries the way he played today. He was absolutely atrocious. And then I saw that I saw the geezer who um, is basically Manchester City's uh, social media expert, Mendy, uh, give away another <laughs> penalty. Um, in the first, uh, Kyle Walker just got the wrong side of Vardy and sort of pulled him back a little bit. It, 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 all, all three stupid, clumsy challenges that if you were managing, you'd be tearing your hair out how your defenders doing that. I thought Garcia had left Man City because he came out publicly, didn't he, and said, I want to go back, I want to go back to Barcelona. Yeah, I think the only thing that's stopping that is, um, obviously Man City have had a bit of a COVID outbreak, so I think they've down to something like 14 senior players at the minute, him being one of them. They're signing Ruben Diaz from Benfica, but Otamendi's going in the opposite direction, so I don't know well, if that'll help, I imagine, because Otamendi's a liability, but... Uh, it's just another another defender who will be new at the league and will take six months to bed in. Like I, I don't, it's not going to be a quick fix. I wouldn't have said. Is John Stone still there? Yeah, he didn't play today for some reason. There's, there's a fucking. Um, yeah. When I saw the scoreline, I was convinced that Stones must have played. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it, it's absolutely insane. I I don't get it. Like Pep Guardiola clearly doesn't fancy some players, like Stones, for example, uh, and never seems to play. But he's got a player who has come out publicly stating he doesn't want to be at the club and wants to leave and he's still starting him and what why is he wearing fucking whatever that is on his head has he got any, has he got a head injury is this from like didn't he get knocked out at the end of uh, it's, a, it's apparently a legacy from that against you on the first game yeah, back after restart he, he got some like 14 stitches and although he didn't have it at the end of last season he decided he wants it now so um God only knows, Chris. I don't know, but he um, it was it was very very similar to um, Southampton last weekend. Defend on the halfway line against Pace, and time and time and once Leicester figured this out, just started putting the ball in behind. And obviously Vardy was quicker than Eric Garcia, and uh, yeah, it was. Surely you you must know by now if you're playing against Jamie Vardy, you don't defend on the halfway line. You give yourself a few yards. Like, sure, that's got to be just basic. Well, it's, it's the second Why would they put Garcia on him as well? Isn't Aki like... Re- Aki's supposed to be quite quick as well, isn't he? Probably oh. more Adi's being smart and thinking, right, I'm going to I'm gonna target this yeah, rugby player who seems to <laughs> come onto a football field. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Mad. I did see Madison's goal, which was an absolutely yeah. fucking Good goal. stunner. Yeah. Oh, tell a lot. I did see Vardy's non-penalty goal. Um, Edison must be oh. fucking so angry he got beat at the post by that. It's a lovely little, lovely little flick, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's a good, good finish. But as a goalkeeper, you got to be unhappy there, haven't you? To be beaten at the beaten at the post like that. Uh, yeah, especially Edison because then he looks like a Bond villain. I imagine he's out punching somebody right now. Uh, that, um, that, that tattoo on, under his eye, uh, under his, uh, his ear, now is a sad. <laughs> this is just a sad face tonight. <laughs> did, did I did. Madison's goal was yeah, absolute quality. No, no, um, Mares. Oh yeah. Oh, oh yeah, no, yeah, that's what Mares's goal as well. Wrong, yeah, wrong, 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 wrong foot. That, that he didn't have a right foot, but uh, <laughs> where did that come from? It's a rocket, yeah. wasn't it? Lovely strike, yeah. Yeah, Shocking, uh, pity, though. yeah say, um, I think Pep and, came out and said they were tired, didn't they? What from what? They've played a game less than everyone else. I don't know Corona. I, I don't know what's going on there, um, but yeah, he's absolutely madness. Um, 
that Leicester kit, I really don't like it. Oh, it's horrible. It's horrible, isn't it? I had I had something. I can't remember what else I was going to say about this game. Um, I don't know. What else can I take the mic out of? Um, what was it? I've completely and utterly forgotten. I mean, take your pick. Le- <laughs> Leicester, three wins out of three for Leicester. Looking That's what... Yeah, them. there you go. That's what I was going to say. How fucking smug was Brendan Rodgers at full time? <laughs> well... <laughs> what? You can yeah. remove full time from that sentence. It just oh. helps. Rodgers. <laughs> he generally was rocking on his heels while he was being interviewed. And, like, I only saw this, like, at, like, at the end. And he was being interviewed a good 15 minutes after the match had finished. And he was still rocking. Like, I thought he was literally going to put his hand in there and salute like he used to at <laughs> when someone scored like he was literally he was buzzing he was waiting for someone to say you're the fucking best Brendan you are <laughs> like did he praise the uh, did, he, did he praise the good character of his players oh, I didn't fucking listen to it I'm not insane <laughs> what do you think of um, Rory Delap's giant son who uh, came on for Man City Oh, I heard he played in the cup as well, but I didn't. I didn't see him come on because I, I I had this on a screen while I was working today, so I didn't see very much uh, and stuff. Like that. So yeah, apparently he's massive as well. You yeah, know? so he came on and as a striker, obviously, and uh, basically Pep went four four two, and it was hilarious. Yeah, I think, <laughs> I think he hit the bar at one stage, but it's just nice seeing you know oil rich clubs having to resort to four four two hit to the big man. But they're kind of it's similar to. Um, United as well in that Ed, the, the, everyone knows the issue in Man City is the defence and the gobsmacks that they have and I know they brought Ake in but is he really the answer to, to get you a league title again? I wouldn't have said so I also I mean what happened to Koulibaly? I thought they were in for him has that gone the wayside now? Or? I'm, I'm hoping it happens because that's how Socrates is going to Napoli so if they'd like to hurry up and do that but yeah they're in for Diaz now aren't they he's like he's, he's had a good season at Benfica yeah, he's was... had a couple of good seasons at Benfica but again he's, he's, he's still in like 20 odd is he a Premier League defender? Well like I say it's a massive step up from the way the Portuguese league plays to the way the Premier League plays mm-hmm. um yeah, I mean, they've got Laporte, who, who I think is one of the best defenders in the world, but he's he's always out for something. Well, I think he's had COVID, hasn't he? I think he um he was he was isolated, and ha- hadn't trained for a while. He came on today. So. It looked like his teammates were fucking self-isolating at one point. <laughs> well, we'll see. Yeah. It's uh, I'm ratings now, like, and I don't remember I've ever seen so many fours. I'm uh, very <laughs> interested to see Leeds against Man City next weekend because. Obviously, oh, you you would expect Man City to win, but it's just two styles, isn't it? I'm just yeah. very curious to see how it plays out. That'll be a fun game to watch. Yes. Yeah, if, if if Leeds go for how they've played, not this weekend, obviously, but the, the two weekends previously, I could I could see that being yeah, very interesting. You know, oh, because a game in Premier League history that could be. <laughs> I think this, the way it's going at the moment, I think this could be one of the highest scoring seasons in yeah. Premier history because no one wants to defend <laughs> and the penalties <laughs> left right and centre for anything yeah it's, it's it's absolutely mad but yeah Leicester as you say three wins in a row now considering how bad they were at the end of last season like throwing away basically throwing away the Champions League um, positions Brendan Rodgers oh god I fucking hate that man <laughs> oh. yeah, yeah. You, you do have to though give, give them credit for uh, you know, as you say the back end of last season was mm-hmm. so bad and they threw it away so 
you know, to come and start the new season on fire, like you've got to say that's that's pretty impressive. Yeah, uh, I think, as you say, credit where it's due because I had them down as being taking a while to, slump, to get out of that slump. Um, yeah. Made some signings as well, you know, that Castagna looks good. He set up uh, Vardy's first goal, didn't he? Vardy's flicking, rather. I mean, yeah, the, the he sco- looks very good, he does. Scored 12, 12 goals in three games. It's, uh, it's not bad, like, is it? Yeah. I think, this is rugby tackling you every time you get in the box, so... <laughs> I, did, I did see that Sky were trying to give Brendan's ego a, a bit of a, a bit more of a boost when uh, Leicester have only scored five goals or more in the Premier League three times, and two of those have been under the fucking cocky bastard. <laughs> uh, he'll still be sacked by the middle of next season. Um, so on to the big game of the of, of the evening, the Sunday night game, as the Premier League is out to fuck with us as we record on Sunday evenings. Uh, West Ham have just finished four 0 winners against Wolves. Who would have seen that one coming? Not <laughs> definitely not. Definitely not. It's uh, uh, Jared Jared Bowen, uh, Chris's favourite, scoring two. Yeah, first um, goal was nice. First goal was well taken. Yeah, second goal obviously just a tap in, but um, West West Ham needed that. I think fair to say um, they'd lost their opening two, and I think they weren't. They certainly weren't favourites to win this one, but here we are. <laughs> So I'm just I'm I'm just I'm just having a look here, like on the on Sky's like live rolling um commentary, it's in the eighty seventh minute it says Wolves have had most of the ball here. Uh, and West Ham are happy to uh, to sit deep and soak it up. And then two minutes later, uh, West Ham basically went and scored. Uh, <laughs> I know, about four minutes later, so West Ham went and scored and as we were alluding to with quite one of the best passing moves I've seen in a fucking long time. They were literally just pinging it across. I think every West Ham player by the goalkeeper must have had a touch. Uh, and, and Wolves just, yeah, look flattened out of it. And I suppose you know that when Sebastian Haller comes off the bench uh, and, <laughs> and scores. Comes off the bench in the 90th minute and scores. That's embarrassing. Yeah. Uh, do you think David Moyes will be staying at home for some more games? <laughs> I think they'll be insisting upon it. <laughs> this is what happens when you let Stuart Pearce look after your team, innit? Anyway. Sad state of affairs, isn't it? Um, what do you think about Wolves, just quickly before we finish, because they have had a bit of a turnover in players, and so far it's not you know, really worked out for them. Um, they Ooh. have got rid of um, Doherty and Samedo's come in, which you know looks like a decent swap. You'd um, argue that was an upgrade, to be fair, wouldn't you? You would, um, but I mean, Doherty was kind of, you know, tried and tested, and as we said, Samedo hasn't played in the Premier League before, and there's always that little bit of a learning curve. Um, yeah. But obviously, Jot has gone to, to Liverpool, um, and they've got. I think that's a big loss for them, you know. Well, they've got like yeah. an endless stream of Portuguese children who seem to be able to play in that position. I think Pudence was injured tonight, but him and um, Neto Scandinavian for value, them two. <laughs> and. Traore seem to get hooked after an hour tonight, so they don't seem to know what to do with him. Can't seem to find a position for him. Um, they just seem to be a bit in transition. Yeah, I kind of, I thought um, second half against Man City on Monday. I thought they they, they came out quite well in that second half and, and looked pretty decent. Yeah. Uh, that's yeah tonight. That's that that's a poor, very poor result and performance. And yeah, I think. Yeah, the transition definitely. I think that's probably the right word for what they're going through at the moment. But it'll be interesting to see how they get on actually this season. I think Jota is going to be a real, real miss for them. 
Mm. He missed. He missed, he, does, he had missed a lot of football at the time, so I need Jotter. He, he had a few injuries at one point, and then was he was like a bit part base off the bench and stuff. I like him. I think in his position, he's very good. But yeah. as Dave says, they've got a lot of players who can play that that outside left and right role. But I think you, as you said, Portuguese children, and that, they basically are kids, aren't they? They're, they're, they're very very young. Some of these signings they brought in, and it's, it's a bit of a gamble, you know, hoping that they're just going to come in and hit the ground running. Well, I think, it's their model, though, isn't it, to bring them in and, oh, completely. and sell them on? But I think Jota brought the best out of Jimenez as well. Um, mm-hmm. I think having the two of them able to stretch defence has made a big difference, whereas you know these are like Pedence and um, Neto seem to be more wide players in the more traditional sense. So I think should... uh, I think Neves has kind of not not maybe gone off the boils a bit too harsh, but I think. Back end of last season and the start of this one, I don't think he's been as impressive as he was when they first came up. Yeah, I, th- I think they need um, some creativity in that midfield. Don't get me wrong, uh, Neves is all you know. He's, he's all right. He's that as Jamie Redknapp would describe that quarterback kind of player. And he like he, he sits back and dictates the play. They're, they're after Oxide Chamberlain. Are they really? I mean, there's, there's not a lot of goals in that midfield. I know Neves is, you know, he scores the odd thunder bastard every now and again, but it's not you know a reliable source of goals. Um, yeah. Him and Matinho are kind of similar in in that neither of them are going to bust a gut to get in the box. It's not their game, um, and therefore I think if Jimenez isn't scoring, there's not an awful lot of goals in there. Yeah, they could do with a midfielder to go in alongside one of Neves or Matinho, who, as you say, mm-hmm. is going to get get forward and, and try and get on the end of things. Uh, they've obviously been. You know, Nuno at one point was talk- there was talk that he was going to leave, wasn't he? Because he was upset that they weren't investing, and obviously Doherty went, and then Yotta uh, uh, went as well. But he he has signed a new deal, so there the, the must be talk. You know, they they've spent money. They I say they spent what twenty eight million on Tomato, who is a decent signing, mm-hmm. and they got um, Hoover from um, oh, Liverpool, yeah, from Liverpool as part of the the Yotta deal, and he was very highly rated. Although this is Liverpool, anyone who fucking under the age of nineteen who puts on that shirt seems to be highly rated. Um, Did they spend yeah. about thirty odd million on some eighteen-year-old Portuguese forward as well? Yeah. Oh yeah, the guy our football manager is he, supposed to be pretty good. Is it Silva? I can't remember his name. No, oh, Fabio, Fabio Silva. Oh, right, he, yeah. he looked. He looked all right at Porto. Uh, but they've literally thrown him straight in, and he, I think he came on tonight. And he, he just looks as weak as a kitten. Like again, yeah. I don't want to sound like a broken record of you know very much Yadar, but like a lot of these players who come from abroad need need bulking up and they need time to settle because it's just not that easy. Is it like it's it is yeah. a dem- it is a demanding league. Um, I don't think it's the best in the world by any means, but it it has a certain attribute that you need, and uh, a lot of these players seem to not have it yet. Yeah, that's it. I think Silver's more of a a play behind you, 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 you striker kind of player, and you know I imagine if he's given time to adapt and stuff, he he, he could be pretty good. But you, you know what the Premier League's like, you, you don't if you don't hit the ground running, sometimes you'd be be swallowed up, you know. And they they are, they do seem to be tinkering with these these wide men. Say say Podence has come in and done really well at times. Neto looks quite handy, but none of them are getting extensive minutes, are they? They're not. They do a lot. But, but let's be honest, they're not going to get relegated. Um, what's oh, no. what's like? What's the target? Like, if it's just consolidating, then you know, go again next season. They might do all right, I suppose. Have a cup run in there or something. But but you know, say if they finish outside the top seven this season, which could be a possibility. You know, with teams like you know your Everton's and that lot picking up results, and obviously Leicester. You know, I know we finished above them last season, but you know Leicester again back about. You know, dare I say Arsenal. Uh, 
hopefully going to improve on their position last season as well. And you'd, you'd probably, well, let's not get to a red. I was going to say you might think Spurs might, but, um, <laughs> you know, if, if Wolves suddenly drop outside the top seven, where they've been for the last two seasons quite comfortably, what happens then? They, they'd lose Jimenez, definitely. I'm kind of surprised. I'm, he so, I'm, amazed, I'm amazed that he hasn't gone already. Yeah, exactly. He, oh, um, yeah. I would have thought he had enough shortage of suitors for him. But, uh, Patricio didn't have the best of games today. He was overworked in the first half. He was probably knackered by the second half. So every time I looked up, he was saving from Suchak from like point-blank range. Yeah. Isn't their backup goalkeeper John Ruddy still? Uh, it's pro- yeah. probably is or a Portuguese child who they've you know <laughs> put some gloves on. Like it seems to be how every position there is filled by uh, someone from that that agency. What do you call them? Um, the Portuguese super agent whose name I forget. Ah, uh, oh. men. Men, uh, him. Yeah. Mendes, George yeah. Mendes. I'm convinced there's something dodgy that's still going to come out about that because. There's no way that in the championship they should have been getting Neves and there's no way they should have been signing Matino for five million. I'm I'm convinced there's something dodgy that's gonna come out. So I mean clearly as a played football manager. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh but yeah, no, it's 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 it is it's 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 a it's a weird one with Wolves because they do seem to have these these runs where you think, Oh, you know, is that them being found out? And then your next thing you know, they you know, they just next you know, they're back up in the top seven you know, put, knocking the knocking the ball around. I think it's obviously going to be a bit heightened because like West Ham haven't been great. You know, well in their opening game they clearly weren't. Uh, in their game against Arsenal last weekend, th- there was something there, but not the sort of, and not anything to think they were going to go out and beat Wolves four 0 this weekend. Um, well, that's the but, thing. Yeah. Like, like, do we just say West Ham had an off day against us and they're actually a pretty decent team? Like it's it's uh, yeah. it's, it's hard to say after three games, isn't it? But yeah. That's it. Wolves have these times. Like, you know, Huddersfield turned Wolves over twice in their relegation yeah. season. Yeah, true. You know, they they, they do have the, the these weird off days uh, and stuff like that. But I say, I think it's def- definitely going to be interesting. Um, so that's all the games covered that have been played so far. Two games tomorrow: uh, Arsenal versus Liverpool. Obviously, the big one. Uh, I can't remember what the other game is. If I'm being completely honest, Fulham and Villa Fulham. Villa Fulham. Oh, okay. That's is probably what I remember. Is it at Fulham well, or at Villa? Again. Been given the uh, the shite kickoff time of six. They've, they've decided that we're the shit game of the weekend uh, for the second week running. So six o'clock on a Monday evening doesn't matter if no one's watching it because no one apart from Villa and for the fans will want to watch it. I shouldn't think. Well, uh, at least neither of you left work to go to. Uh, <clears throat> so, yeah. Surely you've got to get a win there. Surely. Yeah, I'd, I'd expect us to win there. Um, I thought last week against Sheffield United. It's, it's hard to really read anything into that game because obviously the red card came so early so it just changed it. I think mean, we looked a bit short of fitness but then we didn't play the opening week so week behind everyone else. Uh, but no, I'd, Fulham just look dreadful and Traore played midweek in the cup and scored a lovely goal so they expect him to come in and put a bit of pace into our task. So yeah, I'd, I'll be disappointed if we don't if we don't win that tomorrow. I think it'll play into your hands because I think Fulham will also think we can win this. Yeah. And yeah, I think I think you're the type of team, if, if teams attack you, leave so much well, space. And that's just, yeah. yeah. Especially now we've had, so Troy Ore and Watkins, they've got, they have got pace to burn. So yeah, Fulham as well, they've lost their two games. So they will, yeah, think that they can win that game. And B, they'll think we need to try and get a result as well. They'll come at us and hopefully, yeah, we can just sort of pick them off on the break. 
Excellent, excellent. I say I, I don't fancy Fulham at all for any game this season after what, what I've seen of them. So I, I, I imagine you, you could end up murdering them. Uh, I say Liverpool Arsenal is the big game of the weekend. Uh, a lot of talk of Liverpool having a lot of injuries again. Uh, the latest player to be ruled out is Allison. Um, I, I didn't know. Right, Allison has had more injuries since Adrian joined Liverpool than he had for like the rest of his career. I'm just wondering if, if like, Adrian goes around like dropping things in front of him or something. <laughs> oh, he's, oh, he's absolutely like throwing Donkey Kong barrels at him and stuff. As you can guarantee that. <laughs> <laughs> um, is... Yeah, I, I, I'm not sure how that game's going to go. I'm not. I mean, yeah. I just think I just feel like Arsenal are a different proposition now than what they were, and. This is, you know, the height of my investigation at this was I was trying to pick my fancy football team for this week and I thought, you know what, I'm not going to make Salah captain because he'll be up against Tierney down that down that channel, whereas in previous years he's been up against like David Luiz and it's that's kind of like the improvement they've made is that you've you've actually got a defence now. Yeah, I, say, I, I just don't want to get too ahead of myself. Like things have looked rosy, you know. Gabriel's been man of the match in his last two games. Um, you know, we're looking all right. I, you know, we played that played basically a, a, a younger side in in the cup against Leicester, although Leicester rotated as well, uh, and, and, and we come away with a win there. I think you know, you, uh, you, uh, the back end of last season when you you beat Liverpool and City back to back, I think that that should give Arsenal quite a bit of confidence going into this game. That yeah. that you know you, you've shown that you're capable of against better teams. Uh, being able to actually adapt your sort of the way you play to, to get results against him in years gone by it was always we replay this way and to hell with who, who we're up against but it seems Arteta actually does seem to have quite a bit of tactical nails about him so I, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised to see you get a result uh, maybe not a win but I, I wouldn't be surprised if it was a draw I so say we've beaten them twice in our last two games against them yeah um, I, yeah, I agree exactly what you're saying. Like, we can take that confidence. I think what helps as well is when we say, "Oh, you know," at the end of last season, uh, yes, they were champions. Uh, you know, and you know they they probably switched off a little bit, but you know they still played well in other games around that period. You know, they they battered Man City not long beforehand. Yeah. Um, so I think there's there's, there's that as well. Um, but yeah, it wasn't that long ago, so you can be like, "Yeah, look, you know, we beat Liverpool twice that last season." There hasn't been that like nine. 10-week gap in between them, really, because the season's literally just rolled one into the other. Um, yeah. And we've bought better players now, so your team talk is, look, we beat them last comfortably last twice last season, and we've improved. We should be going out and doing it again, but it's awesome, isn't it? You, you, you never know what's going to happen. You know, David Luiz is fit. You know, he could come in and, and, and start falling over some of them barrels that's been thrown around. <laughs> um, and again, it's, you know, I know I've, I say this quite a lot. I've not been impressed with Liverpool for, for a considerable amount of time. Apart from that game where they battered Man City, yeah, I thought against Chelsea last week, even in the first half before the the red cards, I, I thought Liverpool looked very in control of that game. Um, and obviously Thiago and Jota will add a bit of quality to there, so it will be a tough game. But I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. Actually, I think it'll be a really, really good game to watch for the yeah. neutral. Yes, yeah, with the amount of goals going in the Premier League at the moment, now Jesus nice, Christ. Yeah. Um, did we establish if last weekend was a record in Premier League? Because I know when it, it we was, were talking yeah. about Sunday, it was very close. The, so, um, yeah. the Jesus goal in injury time for Man City took it to the one one over the previous record. So forty-four. Yeah, because yeah. we say it was forty-three was the record. Yeah. So I know, I know. This time last week we were talking about it saying, you know, there was two games to go. It's looking like it could be. 
Ah, see, wicked. Yeah, this, this season's goals galore in it, and so it, it makes it harder. Say with all these dodgy penalties that are going around, like you well, know, it doesn't help. Yeah, you know, Mohamed Salah doesn't fill me with confidence in the box. Like he, he does <laughs> like to to fall over. Although I have noticed, I don't know if you guys have noticed this. I know I haven't seen much football this weekend. So you know, last week we lamented that uh, Patrick Bamford when he won that penalty. When he got that touch on the back and you know, oh, obviously yes. the snipers in the crown. There's been a few instances of that this weekend where it hasn't been given. Yeah. Which well, is that... weird considering the rule is if there's contact, it's a penalty. And that's why players will go down theatrically if someone touches them. But I did know, oh, what game was it? There was one game where one where one clear one wasn't given. Like, And he, he got a shove in the back and everything. Oh, it, well, I'm sure it was Leeds this game because I remember thinking oh, I'm going to text Ross about that. Oh, I thought... I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be the Burnley game where Chris Wood got a shove in the back. Oh, no, didn't didn't subject myself to that, day. Oh, of course. Well, never mind. Uh, anything else you guys want to talk about before we wrap it up? Uh, no, not for me. No, I will endeavour to watch more football next weekend. I just had a really, really busy weekend, and you know, I'm guessing it, you know, I know it doesn't help. Um, I, I tried to get a few bits in, and then looked up, and it was quarter to eight, and I was like, oh no. Um, but yeah, so sorry, Ross. Uh, just mark this one down on my review. Uh, right, uh, Simon, I will let you pimp your stuff first. Uh, yeah, it's just uh, on Twitter. If you want to follow me? It's at Regan. Yeah, you, if you tw- if you follow him in time, you can listen to him cheer every one of Villa's eight goals tomorrow. Um, <laughs> Dave, what have you got for us? Uh, so on Twitter, I am at cm9798, and the website is cm9798.co.uk. So thank you very much and you can find us at man on the post on practically everything uh and yeah that's it thank you for joining me gentlemen no problem at all thank you for having us thank you and until then always remember to keep your man on the post <laughs>